0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the Stay Locked In podcast with
1: Ben Jasek and Mark Poston. Today we're going to talk a little bit about home gym setups, uh, some things that uh, you guys can be doing to improve your at-home workouts. We'll be answering some questions that got submitted to us and uh, just checking in on you guys. Enjoy! As ready as you will ever be. Yeah, still adjusting to that quarantine life, man. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to miss people. I've like gotten to that point now where I find myself. I'm just like, you know, like the circle's been cut down. This is we're doing the social distancing version of this podcast even right now. Like, yeah. there's no handshake when we see each <laughs> other. You know, like none of that shit. We're we're sitting further further apart than than normal. We're trying to be as uh, as safe as possible, but I find that. I have I have moments I have days where like even somebody such as myself who typically is pretty introverted I'm like I, I could go with seeing some people. Yeah, I've been I've been
0: doing a good job reaching out to people via Facetime and using yeah. the video chat and stuff like that, and uh, even you know playing Call of Duty <laughs> has been a big hobby of mine. Yeah, yeah, and I
1: got the boys the boys in my ear because you have some contact with people like while you're playing the game and everything. Yeah, exactly, man. There's an app, I think it's called Stay Home or something like that, where you can have these massive video chats with a bunch of people. Oh, House Party? I, it could be something that uh, shows you what I freaking know yeah. about technology. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's kind of been incredible to see how things have sort of gone that direction. And I, I've probably, like, I never ever used FaceTime before this no. whole thing got kicked off. Like, I never used it. But I can probably say that I FaceTime at least two people per day, like while this thing is going down.
0: Yeah, it's it's really really nice to to have. And I mean, if we had been in this position ten years ago or fifteen years ago, things just would not have been the, the same as the as yeah. they are.
1: I have gotten quite rinsed on
0: multiple occasions with people on FaceTime. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, that was a first for me as well. Just yeah. the the FaceTime drinks. People play FaceTime like board games now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big thing for people.
1: Yeah, I, I figured out something else the other day here uh, a new kind of uh, thing like that's happening with the quarantine is cops don't really want to pull you over I was, dri- I was driving up Royal Oak and I kind of rolled through a stop sign cop flips on his lights but we did like he was coming towards me like we're on the two lane there he's coming yeah. towards me flips on his lights and I, pu- I we both pulled over in the middle of Royal Oak like right in the middle of the street and we just rolled our windows down <laughs> and the cops he's like He's like, what are you doing? And I, I, I didn't even realize that I'd like, yeah, because it's, it's, the same one we do every single day. Oh, okay. Right? It's that, it's the one turning right yeah. up the road there. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, that was a stop sign back there. And I kind of like look and we're in the middle of the road and obviously there's no cars because we're in quarantine right now, but we're in the middle of the road. And I look and I'm like, I look back at him. He's like, I got you on camera doing that. That's a $200 ticket. I was like, are you serious, man? And he like, looks at me and he like, looks back at the thing. And then so he's kind of just like looking at me. I was like, "So what do you want to do now?" <laughs> and he just looks at me. He goes, "Just be more careful, man." <laughs> Rolls up the window, that's and then so funny. He starts taking off there. So I guess that's one plus out of this. <laughs> just less interaction with the police. Yeah, that I can honestly say that's the first time in my adult life that I've been pulled over. Like, I guess that was that was getting pulled over for any kind of uh, like. Oh really? Infraction. I've never had that happen okay. to me before. Yeah. But uh, Get a little adrenaline going? Shout out to that cop. Whoever that guy was. He was pretty chill.
0: All right, man. So today we're going to be chatting about uh, a few different things here. So I I think both you and I have reached out to the community on social media to kind of get an understanding for what people want. Um, Both of us have had lots of people reaching out (laughs) and uh, commenting on like the workouts we've been doing. Um, I know we probably have like one of the better setups of... Um, most people at this point in time. <clears throat>
1: we got the power cart.
0: Yeah, the power cart. So we've just got uh, these bumper plates, about, about just under 300 pounds of weight, a yeah. couple barbells, a couple kettlebells, a uh, few dumbbells. 20s and 30s for dumbbells, a bag full of bands. Yeah, lots of bands. Parallettes. Parallettes were very helpful. 150 D-ball has not been used. <laughs> so we're making <laughs> do. We're making do. And we're getting lots of, lots of comments from people about... Um, You know, ways that they can kind of level up their
1: home workouts. Yeah. And so we can uh, can get into a little bit of that today. So we've been... I feel like I've been seeing people go two directions with our current situation. Some people are really trying to make it work with whatever they have. It's like... What is that old saying? It's like character is what you do when nobody's there yeah, to watch. Yeah. Like you don't have a gym to go to right now. Like it, it's, you, you're kind of having accountability
0: to is at an all time. Exactly. Low.
1: And you're seeing some people step up and then you're seeing a lot of other people that are just like, I can't do it, there's barriers in my way, like my regular routine's been, been kind of quashed and so they're, yeah. just, they're just falling off. But yeah, like we are seeing a bunch of people out there that have reached out and they're looking to kind of step their workouts up a little bit. I know there's
0: been like this this frenzy of uh, home gym equipment purchasing in the last little while, whether it be like online or in the stores. Um, and I'm very interested to see over the next like couple of years, how much of that How, equipment gets returned yeah, have returned <laughs> or sold online? You know what I mean. It's like people are buying all this stuff, and maybe they're using it, maybe they're not. We don't know because we're not in their house. But give it a year when the gyms are back open, and people will that'll start collecting dust pretty um,
1: quickly. Ultimately, the home gym is—it's the move. Like long term, it's the move. It's the absolute way to go. Um, like when you think about you know, as life gets busier and like you have kids and, and stuff like that, you don't have two hours to like get yourself over to the gym, drive over there, get changed, do your workout, shower up, drive yourself back. Like that's just going to be completely out the window. And for all my friends that are a little bit older, married, have kids, the setup seems to be you got to have that home gym. So, yeah. like, what is your ideal home gym setup? What's that going to look like for you in the future? Okay.
0: So, for me, like, I got to give this guy a shout-out here. So, shout-out Tim DeLage. Timmy D. Timmy D. He's got probably one of the better home gym setups, especially given the space that he uses uh, to have his entire, like, his entire gym in, in one room, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a huge space. He's got, like, the the squat rack. Um, few different barbells that he works with he's yeah. got a rower yeah. lots of weight um he's got a nice little setup man and he's got a, he's got a, a rack of dumbbells as well the rack of dumbbells yeah yeah um i think it's something that's really cool <clears throat> that he kind of he'll show a lot on his uh, social media is like when you have kids i think it's really important to start that influence of fitness and health through their life from when they're really young. Mm-hmm. And if you are a parent and you're going to the gym all the time, the child doesn't, even if you're bringing the child to the child minding or whatever, they don't really see you exercising. Mm-hmm. But when you have that home gym set up and your children are seeing you exercise, they want to do what like mommy's doing or what daddy's doing. Yep. And Tim mm-hmm. always posts videos now if he's <clears> like, <throat> I don't know how old she is, maybe five or six years old, his daughter Just got her on the rower, got her on the <laughs> rower and she's doing like uh stuff with bands and stuff like that, or wrote like a little home workout on her whiteboard and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's so, so cool that he's used that like home gym as like an opportunity to influence his kids to, yeah. to start
1: practicing good habits. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that's Tim DeLage in a nutshell. That guy, <laughs> that guy is a soldier I and mean, he's got like a very Spartan gym set up, but he's got absolutely everything you need. He's got something for monostructural work, which is like the rover. And he's got a barbell with a bunch of weight and he's got a, a rack and, and some dumbbells. Yeah, and yeah. a great knowledge of fitness to go with it. And he's a black belt in jiu jitsu. So three times a week he goes and strangles people. <clears throat> yeah. And the guy's on top of his personal fitness. So if you were to get yourself personally set up with a with a home gym setup, what does that look like for you ideally?
0: Um, okay. I think, yeah, just having that space has is, is got to be something that I would prefer. I, I don't enjoy really working out in a small space. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, having, like, a basement to myself where I can spread things out would be important. Okay. Um, some type of, like, a power cage, of course. Dumbbells. Um, I like the idea of having, like, either a rower or an air bike. Mm-hmm. Right now I have this spin bike, um, which is, it's good, man. Like, it, it does the job and it's nice if you want to get on and just ride for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere to do, like, pull-ups, somewhere to chuck a band or a TRX, I think is going to be important and that would be pretty much it man. like i don't think you really need to push into like getting a leg press in your house or anything like that no. um i saw like i know these belt squat machines are become, becoming pretty
1: popular too those are i have never used one of those but they look awesome they look really they cool look man awesome i saw stan Efforting yeah yeah cracking away yeah. at those um oh, so
0: okay. that would be like a like a wish list type of thing yeah but uh yeah i think Just the basics, man. That's all you really need. And the reason I say that mostly is because since we have switched over to not having to use machines or cables anymore, we just have the bare essentials. I would argue the workouts,
1: the intensity of my workouts has probably increased since we've taken it. Yeah.
0: We're, yeah, yeah, we've definitely... Yeah, (laughs) I've had some. Yeah, I've had some very sore muscles the day after workouts. Even today, it's like two days later, and I did an active recovery day. My quads are just smoked today. Yeah. Um. So I think if I'm looking at what's gonna best suit me in having a home gym setup, it's gonna be, you know, things that are nice that I enjoy using, but basic
1: essentials and uh just plan my workouts accordingly yeah i think any good home gym is probably going to have that like what you just talked about like the barbell the rack like a a couple of dumbbells um i have a friend who's Like when I think about like the ideal perfect gym setup, I'm I'm just I automatically think of his. Uh, My buddy Dave has got a a building separate from his house. He's got like a little bit of land, like a barn or something. It's yeah, it's like an outbuilding. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a barn. It's like a secondary garage type thing. Okay. Um, But on the one side, he's got his gym setup where he's got a rack and a bench. He's got an air bike, a rower. It's like everything we just talked about. Everything you need there, like a nice setup for all all his weights and everything. And then there's a sliding door that you slide open and you walk oh. over and you're in the office. And, and so you, he's got like his office space that he works out. And you can just, you slide oh. the entire wall over and yeah. the wall is a whiteboard. So you can go up, you write oh, all over sick. the wall. Oh, so yeah, sick. Just a gangster, man. Just a gangster. He's got the sickest setup. So,
0: um, one of the pieces of equipment actually that would be pretty cool to have would be uh, the GHD.
1: Yeah, no, that, like, because that's probably one of my favorite ways to develop the posterior chain yeah yeah work stuff like and yeah the the crunches and stuff you can do in there you gotta have a sick speaker setup in there as well though oh yeah you gotta have to be able to just (laughs) bang tunes i can't wait man i'm very excited to one day build that home gym and uh i mean when the, the the equipment has been a little bit more limited for the stuff that we have to work with right now but it's been it's been really enjoyable for me because i love programming mm-hmm. i love being like okay this is this is what we got this is what i want to work on how do we you know how do we, how are we going to make this work yep and i am not a creative person in any traditional creative sense of the word like i cannot draw anything i have no musical inclinations anything like that but i would say probably the one thing that i do have an eye for is you give me you give me some equipment and and tell me what it is that you want to work out. I'm having a, I'm having a great time with
0: it. You're the Picasso of planning workouts,
1: <laughs> programming. It's been fun. Um,
0: so if we were talking, you know, we've kind of been talking almost blue sky thinking here, where it's like, what would your ideal gym look like? Um, you know, we've got a, a pretty decent setup going for us right now, but let's talk about just the average person here. Yes. Um, and for you. Being that you're the Picasso of programming, <laughs> where would you encourage people to kind of start off when it comes to like building up, you know, again, the bare essentials, What what's going to be necessary for them to stay in shape while they're in quarantine?
1: Yeah. I mean, like the space that you have to work with is, is going to be an issue. And then obviously, you know, the access to whatever equipment you can get your hands on. Um, I think... Basically, with a, a lot of the people that we see right now, they're not going to have the option of getting themselves a, a bar and plate right. they don't have the space to work out with something like that. It's typically, they're, they're in the living room when they're, or they're finding some other kind of yeah. like small space to work with. So it's going to be bands and, and whatever kind of set of lightweights that you can get your hands on, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think both of those things are easily accessible right now. Uh, you can go on the internet. Uh, when I talk about bands, I'm thinking like specifically a set of mini bands. Mm-hmm. Like uh, some thin bands and then maybe one that's like a little bit thicker to condition the lower body with. In terms of weight, so like whatever is going to be a nice light weight for somebody, they're not going to have to worry about dropping it in their living room. Like if... I mean, even if you're a guy and you have a set of 20-pound dumbbells, I guarantee I can make it a very, very tough day for you with, like, just a set of 20-pound dumbbells. Definitely. So, like, we don't know how long this is going to go for. We don't know when we're going to be getting back to more of a normalized routine. So if you are at home right now and we we have had people sending questions, like, I have nothing, what do I do? Mm -hmm. I, I would say probably the first step is, you know, you get on Amazon or something like that, and you find a way to get yourself some type of like bare set of minimalist equipment.
0: Yeah, and even you know a lot. I think a lot of people are going to be going to places like Fitness Depot or Fitness Town for equipment. And uh, like we talked about before, it's like a bit of a frenzy right now for equipment buying. So even just thinking outside the box, man. Like winners, uh, if they would yeah. if they were still open or Walmart, a bunch of good stuff from Canadian Tire. Fair. Yeah. Um there's tons of good fitness equipment you can get at these places. Mm. So superstore. It weights at super yeah, superstore. Superstore. <laughs> um just being creative with, with where you're sourcing everything from. Yeah. Um, how would you recommend people, like, let's say you acquired a little bit of weight, you acquired some bands for yourself. Like, where do you go from there? Where do you start building your workout? And yeah. What do you focus on?
1: So I guess what I'll do is I'll just, I'll put up like more of a concrete list of things that people should have. Right. So, uh, one thing that's always really good to have is a yoga mat. Um, like to, you know, if you don't have like a nice place to, to lay down, having a yoga mat to do your core conditioning or your mobility or something like that is going to be really good. Um, we talked about bands. So, uh, the hip circle is going to be the one that that either goes around your knees or goes around your feet, like a couple of different resistances on a hip circle, something that you would consider to be light and then something that would like to be a little bit heavier for yourself. Um, the mini bands, I would get probably at least two mini bands. One of them, um that you would do to do your traditional like uh, uh, pull aparts uh, like a nice light band and then maybe something a little bit stiffer a little bit heavier that's going to offer some resistance for the low body as well and then um, in terms of resistance and weights like if obviously if you've had some training with kettlebells like a kettlebell would be a fantastic option at this time I know a lot of people that I know in the fitness community who have sets of kettlebells that's their primary go-to right now but uh, obviously, if, I mean, if you haven't had a kettlebell coach or anything like that, like maybe that's not something you get yourself started with. Mm-hmm. If you do have a little bit of experience, kettlebells are a great way to go. And then um, light set of light set of dumbbells, right? Like even just like one, one pair of dumbbells would be like a pretty good way to go. Um,
0: I think something that's like important to note here too is if, if you take somebody who's more of like a gym bro, looking to go into the gym typically and like look to build muscle or grow
1: Yeah, you're outside your comfort zone right now is basically where
0: definitely and it's going to be very difficult at this point in time if you don't already have this the equipment Mm -hmm. to acquire the necessary equipment to continue to push your body into that like hypertrophy growth phase right yeah so i think it's important to note here like one thing that can, can definitely realistically be achieved in this time is like muscle maintenance Mm -hmm. is going to be important. Yeah. Um, you can, it's a great time to focus on cardiovascular health, to focus on like mobility, um, to focus on your body composition. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different ways that you can kind of come out of this on top. And it's just maybe a little bit of a change in mindset. And yeah, like you said, stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit and uh, understanding like what other aspects of your personal fitness can you improve given the fact that you don't have access to the usual equipment and weight you do?
1: Yeah. I think that's a fantastic point. Like the, we're used to like, what's our maximum recoverable volume? Like what's the minimum effective dose? What's the optimal training? You know, the, the number of sets and the amount of, and the type of work that you have to do to like acquire muscle mass is very different from the amount of sets and work that you have to do to actually like Maintain your muscle mass. Yeah, it's 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 a fraction of 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 that vo- whatever kind of volume and work that you have to require is to maintain it. What you just said there is is perfect, man. Like I, I would say that once you have like your basic set of equipment, the next thing you have to be asking yourself is, what is it that I'm going to be looking to accomplish at this point in time? Um, and you know, you should see this as an opportunity to maybe work on some things that you haven't trained for a while that are potentially some areas of opportunity I know we've talked about this stuff before but like if your mobility sucks right like if you when you're lifting you're working through like aches and pains like like shit is not working properly Mm -hmm. this is a really good time for you to like commit to doing some of that mobility work and and making some some benefit and some gains there Mm -hmm. if you know preserving muscle mass is something that you're looking to do then uh you know like coming up with a list it's like these are the things that i want to be accomplishing during this time right we always talk about specificity in our workouts we have to ultimately know like what the goal is and like what what like direction that we're going to be taking this training yeah so i would probably say that that's the first thing that you're going to have to do um after that like again you're you're going to be getting yourself away from a lot of the traditional three sets of 10, uh, you know, four sets of eight mm-hmm. workout schemes and formats that people are normally going to do. when they doing, do. doing one exercise at a time. Exactly. Stuff yeah. like that. So I would say skilling yourself up on some additional types of like workout formats um, and ways that you can put an exercise stimulus on the body yep. would be a great way to do that. So we'll kind of run through some of these formats here yeah. right now. Um, if if this is something that, that is interesting to you, just go on the internet and take a look at some of the stuff. Right, like uh, so like uh, an AMRAP. Um, so as as many rounds or as many reps as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so given, uh, given a specific time domain or, or, or a certain exercise, you're going to get as many reps or as many rounds uh, as possible that you could within, uh, within a specific set of exercises. Yep. So uh, a perfect workout uh, for an example of an AMRAP that comes to mind that people could be doing in a situation like this is a workout called CINDY. Um, anybody in the CrossFit community will know exactly what I'm talking about with this one, but it is very, very dead simple. Um, uh, the structure for Cindy is five pull-ups, ten push-ups, and then 15 air squats. Um, and they the usual way. Of and that's being, one round. That's one round. Uh, I believe Cindy is in either a 15 minute or a 20 minute AMRAP. I can't, I can't exactly remember off the top of my head. But that, that body weight, body weight, phew, that's I, the actual CrossFit workout. That's the actual CrossFit workout,
0: man. So what are some of the scores people are getting on? Like what, like so, what's I the mean, range you're seeing on that?
1: Uh, again, like for, from a traditional CrossFit standpoint, you'll see people like do, they'll do like a round a minute. They'll mm-hmm. get like, like 17, 20 rounds of, of Cindy in that, in that time frame. Um, it's, when your conditioning is good, um, and like in particular when you're good at pull-ups, you, that that workout's great. Yeah, um, I mean that's just like one example. Like take any one of those those exercises, like pull-ups, push-ups, squats, and substitute another one in there, like maybe some type of overhead press, yep. maybe some type of horizontal row, maybe step back. Length. I mean, you can you can plug and play um, with a lot of those different ones. But that's an example of like no equipment required, mm-hmm. um, and and then it's just the workout format that's going to be doing you differently. I I promise, I promise, I promise that if somebody has not done a workout like this and goes and and tries to do something like this, you will be very sore and very beat up from it. Yeah, that'll be a tough one for
0: sure. Yeah, um, yeah. That those body weight exercises I think are are just crucial for people here because they are they, like. Bodyweight exercises can be very, very challenging to do. Yeah, um, You effectively can hit any, you know, major muscle groups in your body yeah. through bodyweight exercises. So let's go through some of, the, some of those bodyweight exercises and maybe some of the variations we can look at for those too.
1: Yeah. So in terms of just basic bodyweight, like we don't have any equipment to work with.
0: If you want to just go work out today and not have to wait for your order off of Amazon to come in, here's what you
1: can do. So squats, lunges, and then hip extensions would probably be the primary movements that you would use for your lower body there. Um, in terms of upper body, we're looking at um, push-ups, pull-ups, and then uh, additionally some core conditioning. Like those are going to be the primary, basic movements. Um, and, and there's there's a ton of variations within. Like we, we can get into calisthenics. There's all types of pull-up variations, all yeah. types of push-up variations. I would say that if you're somebody that you know, can't do a set of 20 push push-ups. you probably don't need to be getting into a ton of push-up variations. Mm-hmm. Like maybe just working on your hand width and, and playing around with that would be something that'd be very basic. That would be mm-hmm. beneficial for sort of that bodyweight training. Pull-ups, chin-ups,
0: bodyweight rows. Uh, if yeah. you can find somewhere to do them somewhere solid, don't try and hang off anything you shouldn't be hanging off of. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, the yeah, where we found ourselves in the underground garage here, but um, I think in terms of targeting the back
1: muscles, uh, that's like your bread and butter right there. Yeah, I mean if you if you look at people that just exclusively do calisthenics, they have very very good physiques. Like yep. you can you can build a very very impressive physique for just using body weight stuff. Um, I mean probably the. Best way to get a lot of these body workouts in is like if you have a bit of a nicer day, getting yourself outside to where there is like a bar above your head, and then doing doing some type of bodyweight workout there would probably be the way to go. Um, so let's keep talking about some of these other workout formats here. So we talked about we talked about uh, the AMRAP, so as many rounds as many reps as possible. Um, There's so many variations that you can do just within that format there. Yeah. Um, So another one would just be an example of like a giant set of something. Uh, And so another workout that I used to do all the time that is very, very simple, but also very, very difficult is just lunging 400 meters. Right. So... um, you know, just giving yourself like a, a set distance and, and trying to lunge that distance. So that would be, for example, lunging
0: around a track at, at a one high school or something like that. You'd be like lunging around a track. Yeah,
1: time. that would be tough. It's, You'd it's, be on fire by the end of that. So I read a paper on distance lunging. It was, it was years ago. Um, but there was, I believe there was three pur- purported benefits to, to distance lunging. Um, one of them was the effect that it has on your metabolism because you just smoked afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's like you have that excess consumption going on for like 24, 48 hours. So it really boosts your metabolism. If you lunge for a long way, the second thing was strengthening the connective tissues in the knees. Mm. And the third one was the actual correction of imbalances. If you have them like persistent on right to left side, if you lunge over a long distance, it's supposed to help sort of benefit those. Yeah. I think
0: we put back... You know, the walking lunges we did the other day, just under a hundred of those. And we did also that the, uh, the foot elevated mm-hmm. and man, my glutes, like my quads, like everything was just so sore yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big, big lunge guy these days for sure. So
1: I, I used to do a lot of these distance lunging workouts. Um I got up to like 800 meters, a thousand meters, started using a chain for them. Um, it's like what you'll find with them is it's like going for a run the first five minutes of your run really sucks but then after a while you kind of like settle in and get the hang of it yeah but uh, yeah you you massive pump through your quads you're sweating like an absolute pig when you finish up something like that okay. um, so I mean I, again just another example of something that's super simple if you, if you haven't done something like that before see if you can go lunge 400 meters and let me know how your legs <laughs> feel the next day um another example of just sort of like a giant set of work that you can do 100 burpees for time that's like a like a really easy simple one that i like to do quite often it's just Mm -hmm. like a little conditioning piece the great thing about burpees is it's also a lot of core conditioning, like core and hip flexor conditioning because you have to shoot your hips back up into the air and i find that the thing that begins to fail me on this workout before and like before my cardio before my shoulders before anything else does it's like my lower abs start to get smoked from repeatedly hitting the ground and burpees and getting back up yeah
0: man i haven't gotten into some burpees in a long time i I think it's like the the most hated thing in the entire fitness industry. I love burpees. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like I
1: can do burpees all day. That's because you are a sick, <laughs> sick puppy, sick puppy. Yeah, it's it's one of my good ones. Okay, uh, some other workout formats that we can talk about here. Uh, so, an every minute on the minute workout, imam, an imam, as they say. Um, so. Uh, basically what we're looking for in an Imam workout is you are giving yourself, um, a number of exercises between one and maybe like three to four. And then you're going to be alternating, um, through those exercises on top of every minute. So your work rest period, the way that that works out is let's say that we have 20 kettlebell swings that we're going to be doing. Uh, You do those 20 kettlebell swings, that work takes you 30 or 35 seconds. Whatever the balance of that minute is, is Mm going to work out as as rest.
0: And these workouts, like, they kick your ass in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Time seems to be, you know, not not something anybody's really short on these days. So, sure, you can go for a long hour and a half, two-hour workout these days if you wanted to. But an every-minute-on-the-minute workout, if you're doing something for... 10 minutes, every minute on the minute, by the end of those 10 minutes, you will be... Smoked. Smoked, yeah. Yeah, You'll be absolutely smashed. Um, So it's a great way to really, like, boost the intensity of your workout. And the thing about having as much time as you want is you'll dilly-dally through your rest periods and stuff like that. 100%. By being accountable to this, like, every minute on the minute, you're starting another round. Yeah. It's like all of this work is guaranteed to be done
1: within the next 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you just, like... When you do these workouts, if you if you do a couple of them, if you do like a, a ten minute EMOM and then like a ten or twelve minute AMRAP, you're gonna have a, a a damn good workout. So typically, the way that I like to format stuff like this is I'll I'll build one, I'll do some core work in the middle, I'll do a second, and then you have your time for your mobility and stuff afterwards. Um, if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna do a, like a, a conditioning bodyweight lightweight type of day, that's typically the way that I like to format it. I like to give myself two of these. And I like to kind of sandwich my core worker in the, in the middle to let myself sort of recover from whatever yeah. kind of like yeah. cardio impacts that it would have had. Um, so with every minute on the minute workouts, um, what I would do is I would again. So at this point, we've sort of sat down. We, we wrote out what it is that we want to accomplish. I would then brainstorm using whatever equipment it is that you have, um, whatever skills that you have. I would write out as many exercises that you can think of that you could do. Right? So like give yourself an upper body section, give yourself a lower body section, and try and sit down and just brainstorm all of the exercises that you could do given your equipment. Pick a workout format that you want to use, whether it's the as many rounds or as many reps as possible. Be conservative when you're initially programming. Like a lot of the time people's eyes are a lot bigger than like what they're like Mm -hmm. essentially capable. So like give yourself something conservative to start with. And then just start plugging and playing. Use the internet as a resource. Like Google bodyweight AMRAP exercises. See what some of the rep schemes are in there so you have an idea about something that might be appropriate for yourself. Yeah. And then take that time to really try to plan something out. And then after you've done that workout, be like, you know, go back and take a look. Like what type of adjustments that could we have, we, we could uh, uh, potentially made in there. I think like a really good thing to apply to these types of workouts.
0: I haven't done, I haven't done a whole lot of these types of workouts. Um, but I know you've programmed them for me a little bit was like the, as many rounds or as many reps as possible. Um, and the EMOM, it's like, you need to strategize a little bit going into these workouts. Mm -hmm. So don't just go balls to the wall right out of the gate. It's like almost like it's a, it's a short marathon, not Mm -hmm. a sprint kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Mm -hmm. allow yourself to like peak, You know, throughout the workout, not at the very beginning of it, and drag ass the rest of the way through. Yeah. But peak and then kind of like grind out the last few rounds or the last
1: few minutes um, with like a little bit of mental strength. Yeah. That's exactly what you have to do. I mean, I coach my clients like this all the time. Let's say you have a ten minute, uh, as many rounds or an Emon that you're going to go through. It's like if you were running a 5K, you wouldn't sprint the first 400 meters and gas out and have to sit down and mm-hmm. then and, and then just struggle the rest of the rest of the way through. It's the same type of mental approach that you have to have for these workouts where you are doing more continuous work because yeah. people aren't necessarily used to that. Um, so, yeah, again, giving yourself a, an easy starting point and allowing yourself to like then push and empty the gas tank, as we like to say, towards like the end of those workouts. And be prepared to just be uncomfortable with these workouts when you get them started. Like if this hasn't been the way that you've been training up to this point, then you're probably in for some feeling gross and uncomfortable and probably not mentally feeling great about yourself. Yeah. But like I promise if you can persevere and push and get yourself to enjoy some of these workouts, you're going to see some fantastic results because it's going to be a completely different way that you're training your body.
0: And it's actually a great endorphin rush at the end of that workout when you get to just like pooch out on the ground for a second. Um, knowing that you kind of left it all out on the field in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, One thing I think we've been talking about here quite a bit that we should add to is like, we've talked about bands, we've talked about light weights, we've talked about body weight. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also be including like things like, cardio intervals you can be including like running or sprinting yeah um or variations of those so it's like if you own a piece of a cardio equipment at your house right now or you're gonna go do your workout in a field in an open space mm-hmm. you can be including things that are going to be challenging your cardio as well not
1: just um like resistance style training applied to cardio yeah like let's say you wanted to be developing uh, your legs and your hamstrings you know including some sprinting work in there is probably a fantastic way of doing that like go sprint up a hill for a few sets yeah. i mean when you do when when i was running track or when i was doing sprint workouts for baseball like a, a full sprint workout might include 3 to 5 max effort sprints and that's it yeah. That's like, I mean, you have all your technique work, you do your percentage work, you build up and then at the end of that workout, you might do three to five max effort sprints and you are smoked the next day. You're absolutely smoked. Um, that Kratom is really starting to kick in over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, okay. So we've talked about um, some of these different workout formats. We'll throw, we'll throw a couple more in there. Um, Chipper workouts Um, So a chipper workout is going to be something Where you have uh, A a set of exercises That you're going to do through one time Um, An example Being like The filthy 50 where you have maybe 10 Exercises and you're doing 50 reps Of each Yeah um, I think that this is a, a really, really simple one uh, for somebody to not only program, but to progressively overload over time. It's like, okay, on Monday I had this chipper workout where I did uh, 200 squats, 100 push ups, uh, 400 lunges, and then I did 50 pull-ups.
0: Yeah, man. So this is, I mean, this is kind of all coming back to what we were saying at the very beginning. That's like not having the weight or the equipment you're used to. You just need to learn to really push the volume in whatever ways you can. And Mm. that's a great way of doing it. Yeah. And again, any, like I would say fucking 99.9% of the people in our gym, um, regardless of how muscular they are or how they train or whatever, you apply these types of workouts, um, now for them, they will be sore the next day. They'll maintain the muscle mass. Mm. Um, but it, as you said before, it is something that's going to push you to a place of discomfort. Yeah. So you got to be ready for that. You got to you know learn to embrace the suck, kind of. For sure. Um, because during these times when we can't get to the gyms, it's it's just not an excuse to be to be losing gains mm-hmm. for anybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, man, I absolutely second that. Um, so in, in terms of formats here, so we talked about that chipper, uh, I, and just probably one more that would be useful for people is a, is a very simple kind of Tabata format or, or anything mm-hmm. that's going to sort of do with that, uh, with that work rest. Yeah. Pretty Tabata, popular one. Yeah. Tabata being eight rounds, 20 seconds work, 10 seconds rest. You can apply that to almost any one of these exercises that we've been talking about here. Like do a Tabata push. Do a Tabata pull and then do two lower body Tabata workouts and, uh, and you're going to be in fantastic shape. Um, so, you know, you have your equipment, you have a knowledge of what it is that you want to accomplish. I would brainstorm all the possible,
0: write down a list,
1: write down a list. Exactly. Put like every single (laughs) exercise you can possibly think
0: of being able to do given your circumstances and your equipment.
1: Yeah. Look, look online. Reach out to us if you have like more potential questions, and then I would begin to look at sorting at plugging those in to some of these different workout formats. We reviewed AMRAPs. Uh, we reviewed giant sets. Uh, we talked about EMOMs, uh, chipper workouts, and Tabata. Um, and then yeah, it's it would be a, a very it's a it's a fun process to go through to sort of build these workouts out for yourself. It's a great opportunity to to work out in a little bit of a different fashion. Mm-hmm. Um And then I, I would guess the, the one other thing that I would really stress for people uh, working out with just body weight or very, some of these very limited implements would be uh, adjusting time under tension, time under tension um, for a lot of your workouts as well. Um, so what we're specifically talking about there is the eccentric or the lowering or the muscle lengthening phase of, of the workout. If you have nothing but like very lightweights or your body weight really stress and emphasize that component of the movement and it's going to completely change the dynamic of that exercise stimulus and it's going to be a really really great way for you to enhance or increase the intensity Mm -hmm. without the ability to add a ton more weight to something like that awesome cool man so now we can kind of move into
0: the next part of the podcast here which is going to be um, some questions we received via social media. And shout-outs were promised for these, so we'll give shout-outs as we go through them. But uh, We
1: have very limited preparation for these questions. So <laughs>
0: very limited, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Going off the cuff a little bit here. Um, so, first one is going uh, our friend Cameron Joseph. Shout-out Cam Joe. Shout-out Cam Joe. And the LARPing
1: community. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, this, uh, this guy... Is a good buddy of ours, also works um, in the fitness industry, works for Good Life. So Cam has asked, Mark and Ben, if the fitness industry
1: shut down for good, what would you do for a career? God damn it, man. This is such a hard (laughs) one. This is the worst. We're coming out of the gate swinging. Do you have any idea what you would do? Man, I... Like part of the reason I've been in
0: the job that I have for so long is because it's, it's just work. It's like, <laughs> it's worked out well for me and it's like, it's a nice job and I get to stay in shape. And, uh, I hate having to think about like career moves. Yeah. It's such a tough thing for me to do. Even growing up, I was like, I never could settle on one thing as like, Oh, I want to be like yeah. an engineer or something like that. Yeah. Um, but here's what I do know. <laughs> here's what I do know. I do know from working with Good Life Fitness, I know that um, I love working with people. Yeah. Um, I think the jury's like still out on if I love managing people, but I love working in like a customer-facing industry of some kind. (laughs) Yeah. Or client-facing. Yeah. Um, I love helping people and uh, seeing people achieve goals. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether that be like my associate Achieving a goal, it uh, if it's a member at the gym achieving a goal, I love being like part of that journey. A nutrition client, yeah, yeah. nutrition client as well. So those would be definitely kind of like the way that I would guide myself mm. into the next career choice. Um,
1: Where does that land you though? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like outside of the fitness industry, man, I've never really thought about it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's such
1: a tough. Such a tough thing to say. So when I when I think about this, I know that I'm just far too hyperactive of a person to ever end up sitting at a desk over the course of a day. Like I just Yeah. I, I would just never be able to do that. Um that's sort of immediately where my mind goes. I'm also like I'm 29 years old. I've been either working in like construction or the oil patch or the fitness industry for my entire life. And so I'm just not professionally polished in any way. Yeah. Like in my role as a manager now, and you can attest to this, it's like, we'll give presentations or meetings will be held <laughs> and I always somehow yeah. put my foot in my mouth and say something that I shouldn't have said or like almost yeah. every one of these <laughs> leadership meetings we have mark
0: ends up giving an apology at the end of it <laughs> to somebody or to the room or
1: <laughs> and genuinely like genuinely i don't mean it I don't, like but i just uh, i don't know what it is about me but yeah. like so I, I i worry about like i don't think it can be anything like too polished or professional i don't think i can be sitting down at a desk uh, when i think about the things that i like to do um, i like cars like, I could see myself doing something with cars. Um, I really like, like, outdoorsmanship yeah. uh, and hunting. Um, so I think about, you know, brands like uh, like Patagonia or like um, Ar- Arc'teryx or, or something Mac like or that. Something. Uh, so I would s- see if I could kind of get myself in line with, uh, again, something that's... that's like, really one of my, my passions and my interests because at the end of the day, you know, the, the process for figuring out what it is that you should be doing with yourself needs to start with, like, like where are my skills? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? Mm-hmm. Like, like, that sort of has to be the nucleus of that decision. Definitely. And like if you're going to start with, oh, what's going to make me money or what's going to make somebody happy or yeah, how yeah. how are people going to respond to this title or something like that, you're fucked. Like g- good luck. 100 Talk to me in 10 years. Something that I
0: think stands out for me, um, having put 30 seconds more thought into this <laughs> <laughs> in the last little bit here, um, has probably been real estate. Yeah. I think that would be something I could definitely see yeah. myself getting involved in and thinking about the process of... Whether it be helping people with mortgages or helping people find homes, which I think would probably be the preferred direction. Yeah. That kind of fits exactly what I was just saying are things that I'm passionate about and things that I like to do. Like people set goals to buy homes. You're facilitating that process for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working with clients. You're, you're interacting with, you know, networking with people all the time. And I think that would be very much in line with what I would be interested to do.
1: Yeah, I can see there being a lot of job satisfaction. You know, you have a young family or something and they're looking for a home. And, you know, there's there's a lot of integrity involved in that job. Yeah. Um, like building relationships. Uh, yeah, so I, I, could, I could see you being... This would
0: be the biggest challenge for me in that area, though, would be... Right now, man, our work schedules are pretty sharp. Like we're working essentially... Uh, you know, morning to to evening, Monday to Friday, sometimes Saturday mornings, but that's usually like by our own choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving into real estate, you're then working on your client schedules, Mm -hmm. which is typically going to be evenings and weekends, and that's when it's like all of a sudden your life your life becomes work because you're
1: working during the day and then you're having to interact with clients in the evenings on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, again, I I think that's probably just a case where you probably have to earn your stripes early in your career as a as a young real estate agent or, you know, like yeah. a car salesman or something like that. Like you have to initially put in that massive boots on the ground period and then I imagine there'd probably be like a little bit more of a progression towards towards that work-life balance that, that we always aspire to. It's an, that question, that question is really hard, but, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable one to be asking at this point in time because we don't like, we don't exactly know where we're going to be ending up on the other side of this.
0: And we've said this before is like the fitness industry seemed to kind of be at an all time high, uh, prior to all of like six months ago, Mm -hmm. prior to all of this happening, The fitness industry was the highest potentially it's ever been. The gyms were packed. People were, you know, hundreds of people joining every single month. Um, Fitness was like, was like at its peak. And now it's just one of those things that's left to, is just completely unpredictable going forward as to what it's going to look like. Yeah. Which I think leads us into our next question perfectly. So this one's coming from our boy, Brennan Williams.
1: Oh, I don't know how to answer
0: this one. This is a big one. Yeah, this is a big one. So we'll see how it goes. So Brennan asked basically, based on the kind of predictions and the models uh, for social distancing and limiting social gatherings um, and the length of time that it's predicted to go on for here in some situations, um, how would large commercial gyms adapt to the limits uh, of the gatherings that are being placed on the public right now? So, for example, if... Gyms were only allowed to have up to fifty people in them. How would these larger gyms, like the one that we work worked for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, adapt to that kind of uh, that kind of restriction?
1: I just I just do not know how that's gonna work. Like I was on a walk with my girlfriend last night, and she's like, I wonder. She's like, like how do you think? this quarantine is going to change people's behavior. And I was like, dear, if I had the answer to that, we'd be fricking rich. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, definitely. You know, you'd and be ahead of the curve. You'd be ahead of the curve. And that's, you know, what everybody's trying to do right now. But with something like this, it's impossible to know how the business model would have to change because you think like it's the monthly subscriptions and it's getting the most number of people signed up. And through that door, that's... You know, especially in a place like BC where rent is massively expensive, like they're trying to pack that house, and yeah. that's something that we have v- done very successfully over the past three years. Um, like that gym, when it's at its peak hours, is it's a just party. is it, it's a nightclub in yeah. there, man. Like yeah. y- there's no there's no way y- that you could ever ever see the uh, like the social distancing thing be. Uh, I, I do not foresee how that would work. No. Um, Even like man
0: developing the habit of people wiping down their equipment every single time yeah. and the handles and the seat and it's like everything that they've touched the pin on this weight stack. Um, so here's some, some thoughts that I've had and I think it's interesting where very quickly and already seeing a lot of large commercial fitness facilities move to this mm-hmm. is these online offerings. So they have somebody teaching a live online class um So whatever those kind of live online offerings could look like definitely is a very wide array. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something we've seen a lot of these like good life is on it. Um, like I know people who work in the personal training industry who are doing personal training cl- uh, clients via Zoom and stuff like that. But again, that kind of brings us back to the limitations we have with with our equipment. Yeah, um, it does definitely help out with the accountability side of things. Mm-hmm. But again, there's only so much that can be done in terms of training a client or offering a class within your living room.
1: Yeah, like the business model, the way it is set up right now, is absolutely screwed. You know, if if these things continue on for yeah, like long even think of time. about
0: personal training, like in its nature is you are
1: standing within three yeah, feet you your, of your client. Yeah, you get your mitts all over that client. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I mean, I imagine that there will be a move to more like a uh, virtual coaching. This um, is probably be like through Skype sessions. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's something that, uh, that like the, the coaches could do, but yeah. as, as for how these large facilities are going to have to adjust, I, 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 don't. I would just chalk
0: it up as saying uh, that's above our pay grade. <laughs> we haven't been paid to worry about that yeah. type
1: of stuff. So Miss you, Brennan, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, you had the other questions, I think. Yeah, I got a couple more questions here. Um, so, um, shout out to Chelsea Gucci. Chelsea wanted to know how to do double-unders. How to do double-unders. So. I've, yeah, so that's with a skipping rope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, jumping uh, over the rope twice in one jump. Yeah, the rope goes underneath you twice in one jump. Yeah. So, uh, there's a couple things that you will need in order to do this. First, you'll probably want to be doing this with a speed rope. Um, a speed rope has a bearing in it and a wire that it's attached to. Mm-hmm. It's specifically made for kind of skipping at high speeds like that. If you've got like a big, thick, plastic, heavy handled rope, I mean, I guess you could probably do double unders, but that's it's, it's going to be a lot be. more of a challenge. For it's going to be it's going to be quite challenging. So you're going to want one of those wire ropes with the bearings that make the uh, the rotation easier. Um, when you're sizing up the rope for your double unders, uh, typically what I like to do is I like to put you can put one foot feet uh, yeah one foot in the middle of the rope and then you'll pull the handles tight up and see how high it gets to your armpits. You want it between, like, nipples to armpits is typically where you want the the end of the rope Mm -hmm. to be touching there. Cool. Um, And then, yeah, so essentially with a double under, uh, a lot of people think that what you have to do is you have to jump really high in in, in terms of doing a double under. um, When I would argue that you want to have a nice, controlled, consistent jump. Um, and then the speed for the double under is going to come through the action of the hands. Hmm. Um, uh, big mistakes when people are doing double unders is they have these rigid, straight penguin arms and they are trying to rotate the rope from the shoulder, right? So it's not wrists, it's not elbows. They've got the penguin wings down to 45 degrees and they're desperately trying to rotate the rope mm-hmm. from here. Mm-hmm. When what you want to do is you want to soften up the elbows. You want to bring them into the body a little bit more. And the rotation is going to come from the wrists and the hands. Yeah. So it's like a fly. You're like flicking it around. It's like exactly like a fly fisherman uses the line to like bring up more line. And he times it and uses the weight of the rope. It's like you want to be able to time and use the weight of the rope and your wrists to get a really quick velocity on the rope. Great analogy. So. <laughs> The the I, the cue that I use is to flick your wrists. Yeah. So you wanna you wanna cool. flick 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 or for your wrists. Okay. <laughs> um, typically, what I what I do to teach people to do double unders is um, I'll have them do uh, singles, and I'll have them time uh, a double under spin on whatever rep they're comfortable with. So maybe they'll do single, 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 double, single, single, uh, okay. single, double, kind of work single, out single, to it, single, single, double. Right? And that gives them the idea of, uh, like, because... When people initially start doing, they're jumping all over the place, a foot forwards, a mm-hmm. foot backwards, and it's like a max effort. They're clenching their jaw and they're like tight and everything, trying to trying to spin that rope really quick. When what you want to do is you want to be nice and relaxed and, and kind of smooth and fluid while you're doing them.
0: Man, skipping is one of those things that it's a very low barrier to entry type of exercise. It's very easy to get your hands on a skipping rope.
1: And it's hard. It's man. very hard. <laughs> it's it hard, takes a lot man. of practice to yeah, get if at you're it. And it's your full body. Like it's your shoulders. Yeah. It's absolutely everything. Um, so I'll, I'll time that down with the, with the singles down to the doubles. Um, I guess one more note with the hands is I like the hands to be just slightly out front of the body. Um, don't not bring the hands in behind because that's going to cause the rope to get caught a little bit more. Um, when you are spinning the rope, you don't want to be slamming it into the ground. Right? like You might hear the rope tick-tick, mm-hmm. you, you might hear it hit the ground a couple of times, but an efficient double under, the hands are going to be held at a height where the rope is passing nice and cleanly, and you're not getting the breaking action from slamming it right. to the ground. Cool. Right? So I'll, I'll start with that sequence, uh, so like a, a number of singles and then a double. Um, I'll typically try and shorten it down then while they're doing maybe like single, single, double, single, single, double, single, single, single double. Um, and then beyond that, it's just a matter of of uh, building up the endurance once you're doing them. Yeah, right? that's a great progression for that. I actually think yeah.
0: that's a great idea to start people off with.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. When you're when you're jumping again, the temptation for people is going to be to be like rigid and like clenching. Um, but it's th- the jump is going to be a little bit bigger for the double under. But what I have to stress more is it's the speed that you generate from your wrists. Mm-hmm. Like you should be able to hear that rope coming around. Yeah. Um, Thinking about flicking, spinning with the wrists, um, like the rotation has to come from the wrists, you're going to completely gas out and not be able to get the speed of the rotation if you're generating that from the shoulders. Killing your shoulders, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love double unders. Um, It's something that uh, I love to do for a warm-up. I like including them in conditioning pieces um so they're a fantastic exercise they look cool they sound cool (laughs) and uh it's just like a yeah it's a fun it's a fun skill to be able to have yeah um so chelsea i hope that that uh i hope that that helps i look forward to seeing you bust out some double unders here very quickly
0: shout out to chelsea
1: gucci for that one shout out to gucci Um, We had uh, Mike Yang Athletics ask if he'd come work out with us. And uh, unfortunately, Mike, the answer to that is... That's a hard no, Mike. That is a no due to the current uh, (laughs) social social distancing. Um, But we miss you, bud. We miss you. I do miss Mike. Uh, Mike Yang Athletics, everybody on Instagram. Um, The other question that I had um, from Elena... Um, was uh, she just has a set of mini bands and a little bit of space to be working with Um, I feel like we've sort of addressed that earlier in the podcast so far so Elena what I would say is figure out what it is that you want to be accomplishing set yourself some specific goals based on the equipment that you have right out all of the exercises that you could potentially be doing with those mini bands. Um, think about your upper body. Think about your lower body. What kind of, of cardio you can work in there. What type of cardio that you can work in there. Um, and then pick a workout format that you want to use, right? So whether it be that giant set, um, whether it be the Tabata, uh, the work rest periods, um, and every minute on the minute, and AMRAP, mm-hmm. Um and then um, start start building something out. Use the internet as a resource. Use your partner for motivation. Exactly. Yep. Uh, get your pug involved. Um, <laughs> pug and, press. And then write that workout down, whatever it is that you did. When you finish up that workout, go back to it. Make any alterations that you feel like you can make to, uh, to, to improve the workout. And then repeat that workout, like give yourself a couple of days and then come back to that workout, work on progressing it, work on improving your time. And, uh, and it's, it's going to work out really well for you. Awesome. And a question from Marcus Wong was how can I be more of a beefcake like you and Ben?
0: Yeah. I think we can get this one uh, answered in some bullet point form here. So let's just go through them. Okay. Um, You grow
1: a mullet, grow a mullet, um, peanut butter. Uh, yes, peanut butter for the win. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I have a savage peanut butter addiction. Um, everybody was stockpiling toilet paper. I was in there buying <laughs> all the Adams peanut butter that yeah. I could possibly find. Salted, unsalted, crunchy. It's got to be salted, man. There's something about that salted yeah, Adams peanut butter that's just, just amazing. That's just fuego. So um, peanut butter is, is mine for sure. The standard
0: chicken and rice meal prep. Mm-hmm. The bread and butter of being a beefcake
1: yeah absolutely um, uh, a massive commitment to squatting and deadlifting yeah that's that's what the boys primarily build our workouts around
0: Just learn to love absolutely
1: punishing your legs yeah learn to love it <laughs> um, drink whiskey um, that's yeah. definitely a, a staple of the of the beefcake diet absolutely and along with that too is kratom.
0: <laughs> kratom just maximum human performance off of the kratom yeah. um i think it's like what kratom is the spot <laughs> to be picking that up
1: yeah if you want to be feeling if you want to be feeling peaked during your quarantine time. <laughs> i think that was pretty much it for the questions man did you uh did you have any others that were submitted to you there no i had a couple weird ones that came through but uh <laughs> we don't need to talk about those ones so oh. that's it Um, We can wrap it up, man. Well, man, yeah. So I hope that was helpful for everybody out there uh, in terms of how you could be formatting your home workouts. Um, Again, you guys, like if you have, if you need more specifics, you know, if you write a couple of workouts that you want them reviewed, feel free to submit that uh, to the Stay Locked In podcast uh, Instagram page. If you are posting your home workouts on your
0: stories or on your feed, tag us at Stay Locked In Podcast. Use the hashtag
1: Stay Locked In. Yeah, uh, just hope everybody is being smart these days. You know, uh, like everybody's had to make adjustments. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, like mentally, it is getting a little bit tough. But, um, uh, you know, everybody stay positive. Um, We love you guys. And uh, we're we're looking forward to seeing everybody back uh, when this is all wrapped up. Cheers, guys. Take care.